for the confusing marketplace of IT security wares and eavesdropping into a conversation at InfoSecurity Europe. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We begin today's ISMG Security Report addressing a predicament many information security managers face. With so much security technology out there, which one should they purchase? My ISMG colleague Tracy Kitten has been thinking about this dilemma. Tracy is executive editor of Bank Info Security. She's also director of editorial content for ISMG events. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Eric. In a nutshell, what's the current environment faced by information security buyers? Well, Eric, businesses are suffering from an influx of too much security technology that's packaged into too many solutions offered by too many vendors. And many vendors, one solution fits all approach, especially the the approach that they put into their marketing messages, has confused enterprises and has resulted in organizations investing in more solutions than they really need. Is this an insurmountable problem? No. I recently spoke with Art Caviello about this dilemma, and you may remember that Art is the former executive chairman of security provider RSA. He's now a partner at venture capital firm Rally Ventures. And here's Art's advice to chief information security officers who are contemplating their next technology acquisitions. First, can this product replace an existing product? But if it does, does it replace it with a much higher order of magnitude efficacy? Why change if it's just a linear improvement? The second thing is whether or not it knits together your existing defense in depth capabilities and makes them stronger. It's almost like a set of chain mail for your IT security infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And then the third, does this new offering make my security operations center more cost effective? Because I'm having difficulty having enough qualified personnel to man my SOC. Mm -hmm. So if I can get a technology that reduces the amount of work for them, then I'm much better off. Buying and selling is a two-way street. Knowing Art, I suspect he had advice for the vendors too. Yes, he actually did have advice for the vendors. He says vendors must explain to their customers what they're doing. Do their products and services prevent something from happening or do they merely protect data and systems? And if the products provide detection, which he sees as a higher value proposition than merely protecting data, how do they fit into the spectrum of defense and depth? I tell them to position themselves not as the be-all, end-all for a CISO, but in context, in context of defense and depth, in context of other products and technologies, other categories. But fundamentally, though, one of the issues we have with the number of vendors is a lot of these companies are founded on the basis of solving a discrete problem. And more often than not, they're features, not even products, let alone solutions. And we need solutions. So, Tracy, what determines an effective vendor? Caviello says vendors that design their products to complement and work with other manufacturers' wares are more effective. They're also realizing that they can't just bring a single point solution to the customer. They have to have multiple, multiple best of breed capabilities, not a complete end-to-end platform, but at least two or three capabilities such that you can have fewer vendors overall. And these two or three and maybe even four capabilities, if they're best of breed level, if they fit with others that have two or three or four capabilities, instead of dealing with dozens of vendors, you're dealing with single digits or, or maybe a few more. Eric, Art Caviello says new technology goes only so far. To prevent breaches or ransomware attacks, enterprises must do the basics, especially when it comes to patching vulnerabilities in their systems. Thanks, Tracy. You bet, Eric. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Aaron Guzman has two passions, cars, at least Subarus, and information security. 
ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk tells us how Guzman combines those two interests. In late January, security researcher Aaron Guzman bought a raven-colored 2017 Subaru with a spoiler. A fan of Subarus, he bought it out of a personal and professional interest. He wanted to hack it. Guzman is an expert in dissecting the so-called Internet of Things, the ever-growing class of devices and products using connectivity. The car industry is on the vanguard of this, but security concerns loom large. Guzman's research shows there's much room for improvement, and it didn't take him long to find problems. Aaron Guzman. When I found all the different vulnerabilities, yeah. it literally took me two, two, three days. And at, once I found all the quirks and scripting it out, literally within a week yeah. of, of purchasing the vehicle. He focused on how the iOS and Android mobile apps and a web app communicate with Subaru servers for Starlink. That's Subaru's in-car entertainment safety and remote access service. He found eight software vulnerabilities that could be exploited to let unauthorized people unlock the doors, honk the horn, and access the vehicle's location history. Luckily, Starlink doesn't control kinetic functions such as braking or acceleration. One of the main problems he found was Subaru's mobile apps use a randomly generated token to allow access once someone has authenticated. That's normal, but according to good web application security practices, tokens should expire after a short time to prevent their reuse, but this token perpetually logs in Subaru Starlink users. He found he could then craft remote service requests using that token and send them over the web. Subaru's servers would execute the command, satisfied that the token was enough to confirm an authorized user. From there, he could then add other users to an account by entering their email addresses. The new users get emails from Subaru and are then invited to create passwords for accounts. Guzman reported the flaws to Subaru in February, and he says the company has been responsive. Most of the flaws have been fixed, although Guzman has continued to keep a close eye on updates to the apps. In many ways, Subaru's errors have less risks than other recent car hacks, such as the one that caused Fiat Chrysler to recall 1.4 million vehicles two years ago. But it still shows car makers continue to make software errors despite the increased concern around connected vehicles. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. The ISMG Security Report heads to London for the InfoSecurity Europe conference after this message. ISMG's Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit on June 20th and 21st in Chicago will address the current rise in the U.S. of data breaches, ransomware, business email compromises, phishing and computer network intrusions, and more. Hear from the founder of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Division of the U.S. Secret Service and other influencers. Visit events.ismg.io and register today. Finally, we head to London, where ISMG Senior Vice President for Editorial Tom Field and Data Breach Today Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz are covering this week's InfoSecurity Europe conference. The conference was being held in the wake of the London Bridge terrorist attack that left seven people dead, as well as two other terror attacks within the past three months in Britain. Let's eavesdrop on a conversation between Tom and Matt, who are discussing some of the hot security topics that came up in their discussions with security leaders and at the conference's session. Well, Matt, as you know, I've been in our video studios in InfoSecurity Europe all day, talking with security leaders from all over the world. And I've asked several of them about kind of the mandate that the current prime minister issued this week, saying that it's up to the technology companies to better, do a better job of regulating the Internet so it doesn't facilitate 
communication of terrorism or to be able to execute any terrorist acts. And I would say that the common message I'm receiving from the security and the technology community is don't put that responsibility on us. We're here to help any way we can, but this is the government's job. There's a lot of political discourse going on, and the administration in power now has had a real knee-jerk response to terror attacks. They like to blame social networks or online platforms or encrypted communication tools such as WhatsApp. I think it's an easy scapegoat for them. I've heard get more in the way of machine learning going on, so the platforms such as Facebook will not only block these things when they're told to block them by the police, and that happens, but also maybe get a little more proactive into the kinds of people who are looking at these things and trying to tease out patterns that can help. Extremism wasn't born online. It won't die online. One interesting thing Stella Remington said was that change is a constant in the intelligence and the law enforcement spheres, but she cautioned against rushing into anything, and I think that was great advice. There are a lot of people going, why didn't the police stop everything from happening? That is a natural reaction. Obviously, we're in a democratic society. They can't keep tabs on everybody, nor should they. But as people consider how to go forward, some of what you talked about, certainly with the online service providers being involved, that's a key part of it. There are other key parts of it, some of which won't involve technology if they, were to, if they are to be successful. So let's see if I can contribute to your you know, buzzword bingo play card, because I've had lots of conversations that we've talked with CEOs and CTOs and co-founders of organizations such as Skybox Security, Barracuda, Palo Alto Networks, Forescout, Sophos. Some of the things that I've been hearing about throughout the day have been about further automation, the need for automating so many point solutions that we have out there deployed. Automation's number one. Mm -hmm. I have heard a lot about collaboration between nation states, which is another buzzword, and cybercrime gangs and how they're not working so much separately anymore, but each taking on characteristics of the other, which makes attribution and detection that much more complicated. One of the other things I've heard a considerable amount about has been not just the use of security intelligence, but threat hunting seems to be one of the key buzzwords now, not just to have a proactive security posture, but to actively be going after and seeking the threats before they infiltrate your network. As if we were not actively seeking threats before, yes. Well, they actively seek us. Yes. Ransomware is a big topic this year, and with WannaCry, there is a lot more awareness and discussion of that, not just in the technology and the information security field, which is a large portion of people in attendance here, but socially speaking, there's been a big increase in awareness. Also, bingo or not bingo, GDPR is going to be a big topic. The EU's new data protection regulation is going to come into force in about a year, and if organizations haven't gotten started, they are going to be in trouble. So I think there's a good amount of buzz, but also concern and and interest inquiry going on about that now, which is good. The sense I get talking to people is that many organizations still aren't thinking enough about it to be prepared when there are actually teeth in the regulation a year from now. Like an accurate assessment to what I've been hearing as well. We pick up the conversation with Matt discussing what he considered the best presentation of the day by Angela Sass. She is a professor of computing and security and usability at University College of London. And she was very articulate talking about a lot of things that she likes and doesn't like about getting better security. She doesn't believe in user training. She doesn't believe in phishing attack tests. She thinks they're a waste of time. Her words, actually, to quote a famous philosopher, Jean-Luc Picard, were engage, engage, engage. And she said that there can 
never be enough engagement between the people who are versed in security and also versed in how to talk to people about security and with end users. And she said there just needs to be a lot more human element in the game. And I just thought that was a wonderful note to sound. So often, so much discussion about technology. We're humans using that technology. And I think that is often an under-recognized and under-addressed part of this whole equation. That's ISMG's Matt Schwartz talking with our colleague Tom Field at the Info Security Europe Conference in London. And that's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Thank you.